Hello and welcome to another episode of the All About Feeling Good podcast. My name is Richard Arsenault and I'll be your host for the show. Today's guest is Melissa Maris. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Good, good. Thank you so, so much for having me on. It's been a while. We've been planning this for a while. And yeah. I'm glad that we can connect and <laughs> Yeah, and for sure. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to, to line stuff up, you know, everybody's busy in their own lives, so. <laughs> yeah, but this is going to be awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. No problem. My pleasure. So, um, to start off, give us a quick little intro, you know, your age, where you grew up and all that good stuff. Cool. Well, my name is Melissa. I'm also known as Lissa on social media. Um, I am 40 now, <laughs> over the hill, I guess. And I was born in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And I lived there for 39 years of my life in that area. And just recently moved to Oregon in the United States to marry the love of my life, Ron 98. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, so um, let's dive right into it. Um, how long have you been vegan so far? So I've been vegan for five and a half, just over five and a half years now. Um, but I've known about the diet for probably since 2000 one ish when I started working at the natural health food store there were a few vegans that worked there but I never had the ethical connection it didn't click until about 2014 so that's when I went vegan and I, I decided to do raw vegan diet for my health mm -hmm. vegan for the animals awesome awesome so um prior to going vegan what would you say your diet was like it's like the worst diet ever. <laughs> I tried I tried a lot of different diets. I never actually did like a classic whole food plant-based cooked vegan style. Mm -hmm. But I did do things like the Weston A. Price where it's like whole traditional food. So I did a lot of fermented stuff, raw eggs, raw dairy. I did do raw meat. And I did resonate a lot with the raw vegan lifestyle. Again, I didn't have the connection. So it wasn't like... You know, it didn't stick, obviously, mm -hmm. because I was more doing it for health reasons. And I would do raw for a little bit, and then I'd fall off because I was always, you know, cutting my calories, eating very little, eating too high fat, not getting enough produce in, a lot of gourmet stuff. But I did the keto thing. I did the paleo thing. I did all kinds of stuff. But right before I went vegan in 2014, I was eating a bag of Doritos for breakfast a whole one um uh chicken fingers and or like fried chicken and potato wedges and sour cream for lunch candy and coffee as snacks i lived on one to two energy drinks a day and a lot of chinese food a lot of um pasta and meats i'd snack on bricks of cheese <laughs> it got really bad like right before i went vegan it was like the worst my diet had ever been my entire life and I was I kind of had given up on myself yeah. and I didn't care so I just eat whatever but that was the day before I went vegan and the reason why was like I woke up in the middle of the night and I had heart palpitations from all the caffeine that I was eating mm -hmm. or drinking and I got up and I was like that's it I'm gonna change I want to be raw again so I started watching all of these um 
videos on YouTube, a lot of Fully Rock Christina, and somebody in the comments had mentioned, had just written something like, the easiest way to go vegan is to watch Cowspiracy, Earthlings, and Forks Over Knives. I was like, ooh, sweet, great. I want to watch more documentaries because <laughs> I was trying to inspire myself to go raw again for the millionth time. And uh, I watched those three back to back, and I was crying, and I, I was just like almost in shock. Like I knew that stuff, but it hadn't clicked until that moment. And I was like, I guess I'm vegan for the rest of my life. That was that moment. And, and then, again, I just chose raw because I resonated with it so much. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's that's the story. <laughs> nice, nice. So um, going forward now, what um, what kind of foods are you eating now? What is your diet like now? And what are some of your, your favorite meals or snacks? Ooh, well, I'm raw, and I've been raw for the entire time I've been vegan, so five mm-hmm. and a half years. Um, I eat fruit for breakfast, lots and lots of fruit. I try to aim for about 800 calories for my breakfast. Mm -hmm. Fruits are snacks. Um, Sometimes we'll do like kale chips or whatever for snacks, but it's very rare, mostly just fruits like grapes, bananas, oranges, that kind of thing. Uh, Lunch and dinner are typically salads or some form of a raw dish, like ramen is one of my absolute favorites. (laughs) Uh, that I make. It's not ramen, like classic, people are probably thinking it's like a classic ramen, um, but it's not. It's my recipe for quote unquote ramen. It's cucumber noodles with marinated uh, mushrooms, bell peppers, broccoli, and onions over top of the cucumber noodles. So it's kind of like a ramen dish, but it's not actually ramen. Um, We have like countless salad dressings, the French dressing, spicy ginger almond, tzatziki, Rosemary goddess, uh, the smoky tomato tahini, mahini curry. There's just so many awesome salad recipes. So Nate and I eat a salad every day for lunch and every day for dinner. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably that's what I eat now. (laughs) It's probably hard to choose one thing as as a favorite when everything's so good. (laughs) Right? I know. I'm always looking forward to the next meal because and you have like the ability to choose whatever we've got like you know a whole i've got over 300 recipes so i've got a lot to choose from and there's a lot of good ones never ever bored because it's really just changing up the way you chop things if you spiralize or if you blend it into a soup mm-hmm. or even if you dehydrate and make something like a raw pizza or something like that for uh, like an occasional treat mm-hmm. then there's just so much to choose from it's hard to decide. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so um, what would you say um, made you go plant-based? Like that one thing, I guess it must have been those videos, right, that really was that switch for you? And yeah. And initially, was it for, for health environment or would you say ethical reasons? Well, the vegan part was a combination of the ethical and the environment Mm -hmm. when I went vegan. But the reason why I was looking into the raw vegan stuff was just to inspire myself to change my diet. I hadn't had that vegan connection. So as soon as I watched those movies, it honestly, truthfully was because I watched Earthlings first and then I watched Forks Over Knives, and then I watched Cowspiracy. I think that's the order, Mm -hmm. because I watched Cowspiracy last, and I was just, like, blown away by the environmental stuff, because I'd never really considered that. 
I also never considered the fact that um, dairy, like cheese and eggs, were, was an exploitation of the female reproductive system of another species. Mm-hmm. And here I am, like, as a woman, I'm like, I'm contributing to this? Yeah. What? <laughs> like, it made no sense. I was like, so by me purchasing eggs or cheese or ice cream or whatever, another female is being enslaved in order for me to have that. And it's not even mine to begin with. It's, mm-hmm. I'm not a baby cow. So like just watching all of that information all at once was so intense, but it really was the cowspiracy, the environmental stuff. It kind of was like the, the, it sealed the deal. Yeah. Right. It was like that final straw, I guess to say that made me crack. And I was like, that's it. I'm vegan. <laughs> For sure. Do you feel there was any doubts at all um, jumping into veganism or? For myself, no. Mm-hmm. It was more, um, yeah, doubts, no. I think for me, more so doubts on the raw. Like, could I stay raw? Gotcha. And I had not tried a cooked vegan lifestyle. I'd never done like the whole, I've, I've eaten vegan foods before. There were a couple things that I used to get that were vegan, mm-hmm. but I wasn't vegan. Like the uh, Gardein, they used to have these like pulled pork, um, kind of like pizza pockets. You just stick it in the oven. Yeah. But uh, I never tried the whole food plant-based thing. So I just know that for myself, I have food addictions. There's some foods that I just cannot keep in my life because that's all I want to eat. But when yeah. they're not in my life, I don't want them. As soon as they creep back in, that's it. So I had to really work with my own health within veganism. And that's what I believe too. I, no matter what happens in the future, whatever, if the, if I get an illness or whatever, I will always work it out within veganism. There's no reason for me to go outside of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any doubt that veganism is the way I want to live the rest of my life. There's, it's, I'm so solid in it. And I make sure that I eat abundantly, that I, I get a lot of variety. I feed my gut biome properly. I don't do uh, extended juice fasts or water fasts or anything that could push me into um, like a disordered mindset because I believe that my, my, my mindset is very, like I have a really addictive personality. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stuff can really trigger. So I try to stay on the side of abundance, eating a lot, making sure that I'm healthy because that's going to keep me on this lifestyle long-term without getting all of these issues and thinking, hmm, do I need to go back to animal products? Yeah. Because I never want to think that. <laughs> yeah. I never will sure. think it. But, you know, when people get to that point where they're super sick and they don't know where to go, mm-hmm. they do start thinking about that stuff. And I don't ever want to get to that point. Yeah, for sure. What about uh, what about changes? Have you felt uh, any changes at all physically, mentally, uh, including any struggles um, during that time? Yeah, so for the first 14 months uh, was the biggest amount of change that I experienced. Um, the first four and a half months, my acne, my severe acne had gone away. Uh, my mood had leveled out. Um, I was no longer like hangry and irritable and tired, sluggish. I had a lot more energy. I was more balanced. 
Um, around the seven or eight month mark, that's when my female cycle stabilized. It was regular. I didn't have cramps anymore. It was month to month, which was the first time in my entire life that it was month to month. Hmm. So that was happy about. Uh, my joint pain went away. I had severe joint pain, and that went away. Um, and then after 14 months, I'd lost 70 pounds. And oh, I was wow. eating 2,100 to 2,300 calories a day, all at 10% fats. Okay. And just like super love and life. Uh, there were some changes, more so mental. I wouldn't say really struggles per se. Because mm -hmm. uh, once I went vegan, like because I was so strong in the veganism, the raw kind of like hitched a ride on the veganism. Yeah. So it was like I was so strong as a vegan that I was also so strong as raw because I had changed both at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the so social stuff was like in the beginning it was a little bit challenging not so much because I was so strong in my beliefs that I just learned how to say no and how to protect my own boundaries because I wasn't going to please other people by saying yes to all the stuff they made and it did take a while for people to learn that I was serious and I couldn't fall off because if I fell off they would see that I wasn't serious so there was like no question I had to say no at every single opportunity and I kind of made it a game yeah like the more often I said no the easier it was and then people eventually were like oh well this is just gonna say no so they didn't they stopped asking because they knew I was gonna say no <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> yeah so um what about uh your friends and family how did that affect them uh you uh, taking on a, a vegan lifestyle? Um, well, my ex at the time was, I wouldn't say super supportive, but he let me do what I was going to do because mm -hmm. I had tried to do raw for like the, the whole decade we were together. I think I tried a hundred times to be a raw vegan. And I did like the master cleanse and I'd go on diets and stuff because I was around almost 200 pounds for many parts of the time we were together. And when I went vegan, um, he went vegan with me, but after we split up, he didn't go vegan. Like he wasn't vegan anymore. So I knew that he wasn't actually ethical vegan. He was just doing it because I was doing it. And because I made the food, he was just eating whatever I made. Yeah. But yeah, um, his in-laws didn't understand. Like a lot of people don't understand the concept of veganism let alone vegetarian or even like not eating junk food or canned food for that matter. Uh, so when I would go over to their place, it was always like they didn't understand what I was doing and they never saw what I was eating. So I found one day I went over to their place. We would go every Sunday for, mm -hmm. for like a family dinner and they made the food. So we would just go over and eat and visit. But this specific Sunday, I didn't have time to eat before I would go over because I would always eat first. So I wasn't tempted or hungry the whole time I was there. And I would eat first and then go over with a full stomach and would be really easy to say no to stuff. Mm -hmm. But this specific Sunday, I had a photo shoot. I wasn't able to eat. So what I did was I made my gigantic salad and I took it over with me to eat it with them. And that was the point that I realized that it's so important to eat in front of family and friends because they don't see what you're doing. They don't see that you're eating abundantly. They assume that you have an eating disorder, especially if you're losing weight. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, you're starving yourself. You never eat in front of us, right? So they, they got confused. They're like, well, this is losing weight. 
and she's never eating in front of us, so she must have an eating disorder. Veganism is an eating disorder. Yeah. But it wasn't until that day I brought my salad, and I even brought extra to share. And I was like, <laughs> do you guys want to have some of my salad? And nobody wanted it, so I, I vowed that I would eat the, the whole thing in front of them. <laughs> I was like so stuffed at the end of that night. But it was to show them that I eat a lot. And they were they, from that point on, they didn't say anything. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, okay, well, we get what she eats now. So, <laughs> yeah, aside from that, I found um, being on social media and sharing my journey with people really held me accountable. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot easier for me to stay the course because I had so many people following me. Yeah. And kind of looking up to me in a way. So I made sure that that was kind of like a grounding source for my motivation to stay raw. And yeah, obviously the, the animals, it's like so easy to be vegan when you make that connection and you'll never eat animal products again. But when it comes to the family and friends and the things they say, it's tough, especially when they're close and especially when they make uh, comments that are really hurtful or yeah. they make jokes that we've heard like a million times and it's like, that's not funny. <laughs> yeah. Like I've had some people like, you know, like they go like, mm, bacon. And it's like, that's not funny. Like, I don't find it hilarious yeah. at all for that matter. So, yeah, it's just really difficult when people say stuff. But it's all about you and your contribution to what's happening in the world. The best thing that I've noticed if, for those listening, if, if they are struggling, to just continue to be the example, unwavering example of peace, love, and your commitment to saving the animals because they'll come around eventually. Mm -hmm. I mean, some won't, but for the most part, many do. Like I've, I know people that it took like three or four years before they finally messaged me and said, okay, I'm ready to go vegan because it just took them that long to click. But I gave them the space to do that and the love to do that. Mm -hmm. And eventually people do come around. So just got to, you just gotta stay with it. <laughs> yeah, totally, for sure. So now if you had to choose one thing, I know we've been through uh, um, a few things that keeps you on this lifestyle, but if you had to choose one thing, what would be the main reason that really keeps you on this uh, lifestyle? Hmm, definitely the animals. Mm -hmm. And... Um, my, I, I would say also my contribution to the world for myself, mm -hmm. because not only am I helping the animals, but I'm helping others and in turn they help others. So it's mm -hmm. like a ripple effect. And that's really what keeps me on this because I have, I feel like I have, um, a lot of people that I can, uh, connect with mm -hmm. and help to change. So that's a very, very important to me. I really want to help to be part of this big change that's happening in the world right now. And that definitely is a strong motivator to carry on. Uh, but the animals for sure, like every, I mean, every time I see a picture or think of something or even walk down the grocery store aisles yeah. where they have, you know, animals that are, have passed away because of our, I mean, to be completely honest, a selfish choice to eat these foods. Yeah. I mean, it just breaks my heart and that just fuels the strength to continue to share and to inspire others to make a compassionate choice as well. So yeah, yeah, 
Plus the food's delicious. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Totally. Yeah, it's a it's a powerful movement to be part of, you know, once you realize what you're doing and and, uh, you know, you you connect with it and you start seeing the amount of people that are part of it and the amount of change that is happening. It it just feels amazing. Like I, I wouldn't want to be part of I of anything else. But this movement is it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's the biggest social justice movement of our time. Mm hmm. Because it's not just about, like Joaquin Phoenix said in his speech, it's not just about animal rights, but like other rights too, women's rights, yeah. gay rights, you know, like no more racism, like we have to stop being so divided and so uh, picky choosy over who gets to live and who gets to die or be exploited or whatever. Like we need to make every action and every choice with compassion mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't know either. They're they're ignorant to the truth. It's not their fault because they've been taught certain yeah. things throughout their lives. So it's really difficult because a lot of people have no idea. I mean, I didn't really know until I was 34. Like, it took a long time before I actually finally had that click in my mind. For so sure. we have to give people... You know, we have to give people the chance to to change, but it's it's a, lo a long road, but we're getting there. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because so sometimes I think back of before I went vegan. It's 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 a weird feeling. It's almost like you were just yeah, you're just not aware of it. Just some somehow mm -hmm. something is keeping you from knowing. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I mean, of course, with documentaries and all the information that you know, and people uh, sharing stuff and sharing their experiences and whatever, like more and more is coming out. So it's easier to see. But like I look back and I'm one, it makes me wonder, like, how long would if I wouldn't have watched that one documentary, how long would I have went until I would have found some sort of information or talked to somebody because you know, I've never talked to somebody that was vegan or never got challenged about it or, or anything. So it's, it's a weird thought that like something is keeps most people from really knowing about it or, or learning about it. So it's just crazy. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. But thankfully, like, as you say, there's more like even just this podcast is mm -hmm. probably going to teach someone something somewhere. And if if we're teaching you something, thank you for listening and thank you for listening with an open heart. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, what advice would you have for people interested in going vegan? Oh, for one, um, definitely learn as much as you can and don't feel like you need to be perfect right off the bat because honestly there's no such thing as a perfect vegan mm -hmm. i mean even eating lettuce conventional lettuce that maybe has a little bit of pesticides on it some birds and insects are going to die in mm -hmm. the harvesting and you know like we can't be perfect but it's not about being perfect it's about making that choice every time you have the choice to make the choice exactly right if you see something that has cheese in it don't buy it if you see a belt that you like that's made of leather, don't buy it. Like there's always an alternative, but you mm -hmm. have to actually search for those alternatives and you have to make a point to say no when you know that that product is not good. And say, like if you need to transition, um, 
say you have like a box of chicken in the freezer, unless it really like hurts your soul to eat it, obviously give it away. But if you want, if you're strapped for cash and you really need to finish what's in the freezer, Mm -hmm. set dates and goals. So like when the box of chicken is gone, don't buy it anymore. Like Mm -hmm. once it's gone, it's gone. There's no alternatives. And a lot of people will use the word transition to continue to justify eating things they already know they shouldn't eat. So if you are in transition, don't use it as a justification to keep eating stuff. Like for example, if you go to a restaurant with friends and you're transitioning to vegan, that doesn't mean that you can order a salad with cheese on it and say, Oh, well I'm in transition. I can have the cheese. It's about making those choices because when you become vegan, you're going to need to make those choices every single day so you might as well just start now and make those choices because the transition is the practice period where you're actually making those choices so mm-hmm. that when you become vegan you're already there it's easy you know how to make the choices you know how to order at restaurants you know what to look for and uh, also reading ingredients is incredibly important too because there are a lot of things that masquerade as vegan products mm-hmm. but that actually have um, some animal products in it like we were looking at some of the vegan cheeses for Nate's son because he eats cooked vegan stuff yeah and uh they have an almond cheese and it's in the vegan section and you turn it around and there's milk in it really so it's just really weird yeah and then there was also i was at my dad's house one time and we'd forgotten to bring our cilantro for the salad we made Mm -hmm. and he's like it's okay i've got cilantro in the fridge and after we looked at the ingredients it was like a, like the pureed um, pate cilantro in a tube. Yeah. So you think it's just cilantro, right? It was, there was milk in it. I was like, what? what? Why are we putting milk in a cilantro paste? But it was really important to read the ingredients because that stuff is hidden everywhere. Yeah. You really have to pay attention and check it out. And then always the final thing I would say would be to focus one day at a time. Just focus on today, being vegan for today, plan your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and just focus on today. And then when you wake up tomorrow, do the same thing. Just focus one day at a time instead of feeling overwhelmed with being vegan for 20 years or whatever. Because it really is a day-to-day choice. Every day we wake up and we make these choices. So focusing, zoning in on your focus, so it's a smaller time frame, like just today. (laughs) It's a lot easier to make those choices just for today. Worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Totally. But just focus on one day at a time. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a good point there. It makes it much easier. Like you said, you're mm-hmm. not thinking too far ahead, which just creates more more anxiety or more, you know. Uh, yeah, people think like I could never have bacon ever again, and it's like just focus on today. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about the bacon. The bacon's there, right? Like just <laughs> focus on today, and then when you wake up the next day, you do it again. You're like just for today. Yeah. And then eventually, eventually you cultivate this compassion where you don't want the bacon anymore. Mm-hmm. And you you can see yourself never eating it again. But in the beginning it's hard because we're so indoctrinated. We've got childhood connections. We've got cultural dishes and traditions and holidays and vacations and delicious pizza and all kinds of stuff that you can make vegan, obviously. Yeah. But we have these connections. Um, and then, you know, the whole ancestor thing, like our ancestors did it, but our ancestors ate stuff to survive. Mm -hmm. Even if they eat a high carb plant-based diet, 
the stuff they ate was what was around. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the ones that ate plant-based just had a better chance of surviving because they weren't eating animal products. But like, we have all the science. We're intelligent. We are such an intelligent species. Like we can find alternatives and we have alternatives. We just have to break those connections and it takes time. Absolutely. So, um, we're pretty much at the end here, but, uh, with all that said, do you see a plant-based world in the future and how do you think we can make that happen? <laughs> I do see a plant-based world in the future. I'm gonna, I'm gonna manifest that all over the place. I'd love to see that. Um, <laughs> it really takes every individual making these positive choices. Like the vegan world's not gonna happen if mm -hmm. people still go back to the animal products. And the only reason why we have factory farms is because there aren't enough wild animals for every to, everyone to be able to hunt mm -hmm. or live off grid or whatever. There just aren't enough wild animals. I think I read a, um, a, like a little pie chart and only 4% of all the animals that live on the planet are wild. Yeah. The other 96% are humans and factory farmed animals. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's, it blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. So many out there and we are exploiting them. So it really truly takes every single person to make those choices and to let go of that necessity, that need, that like, what's it, the romanticized vision that they hold of, you know, the caveman or our ancestors or the hunter gatherers or whatever. It's like, we live in 2020, we have a big problem right now and we need to change. <laughs> So it's like we have to release those romanticized beliefs of the past and start living in today and moving forward, letting those things go and actually releasing them, saying goodbye to those old beliefs. And let's embrace a new world because mm -hmm. that's what we're, we're going. If we don't embrace the new world, um, I'm scared to know what <laughs> what our kids' kids are going to have to deal with yeah. if we don't change. It takes each and every single person. And if a person feels like they are not making a difference, they are making a difference. Mm -hmm. Because if we, if everybody says that they're not making a difference, then of course we're going to stay where we are and go backwards. We have to each make those choices every single day to be compassionate and to help heal this earth. For sure. But I believe it's possible, 100%. Totally. Yeah. Anything's possible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I really don't understand when somebody says, Oh, well, you know, just me, if I change or whatever, just myself, like I, it's not, it doesn't make much of a difference or I don't have much of an impact or whatever, but it's just crazy because yeah, you do when you, if you are by yourself and there's nobody else around and you're just completely alone, yeah, you won't. But when you're around people, your friends and family and sharing the things you do, each person that joins into that one group or that movement or whatever like it it has to make difference like it is making a difference it's just i don't know why people are just so stuck on like feeling like they're not making much of a difference when when they're jumping in uh with a massive group of people it's uh collectively is where is where it starts to make that difference and that's where people yeah. have to kind of like realize or see it in that way rather than just themselves. It's like for just myself, but also with everybody else that's doing it, right? 
Yeah, totally. Like, and Nate, he was, he's working at the um, hemp farm. Mm -hmm. And just by eating his salads every day with time, eventually people start asking questions. I'll be like, Nate, you eat such healthy lunches. Oh my gosh. And then eventually he got seven, I think seven people to go vegan (laughs) at the farm. And it's all because he put himself out there. He made the choice Mm -hmm. to eat in front of them and to show them how it's possible and to make it fun and shower them with love and be like, you know, acceptance instead of making people feel like they're horrible because they're not vegan or what have you. But even, even so, like you were saying something about, um, even when you're alone, you feel like you're not making a difference. And to, to those people who do feel like it, um, that their choices don't matter, their choices do matter to the animal that Mm -hmm. they're exploiting because that is the, like you're taking someone's life, right? Yeah. Even if you are eating alone, even if you feel like your your choices aren't making a difference, you're making a difference to an animal, another sentient being. Exactly. And your choices affect their life. Mm-hmm. It's not a personal choice. Like what mo- many people are like, oh, well, it's my personal choice to eat animal products. And it's like to from their perspective, it's a personal choice. But from the victim's perspective, it's not. It's an infringement. Yeah. It's violent. It's it's exploitive. And when you start to look at it from that perspective, I mean, <laughs> a lot of people don't want to see themselves in that mirror. They don't yeah. want to accept the fact that they are, even though they know deep down, because we're all born vegan. Oh, yeah. We're all born with that compassion to animals, mm-hmm. uh, but we're just taught to eat them. Totally. Just because that's what we did to survive back in the day. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. We have the power. We can change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you very much. But before we go, um, uh, share with us where people can find you. Um, YouTube, Instagram and all that stuff. Services, all products, whatever you got. <laughs> well, I've got uh, my website is rafflewithromance.com. Uh, you can find all kinds of stuff there. My eBooks, I have five recipe books, you know, and I'm constantly working on new ones. My YouTube and my Facebook are Lissa's Raw Food Romance. Facebook, I mean, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter are at Raw Food Romance. And I'm over on Snapchat sometimes, Lissa Raw Vegan. Awesome. But yeah, that's where you can find me. <laughs> cool, cool. Awesome. Yeah, so thank you very much for taking part of the podcast there. Um, it was great chatting with you. Thank you so, so, so much. Cool. Thank you. Cool, it's good cool. that you're doing this because, it, we're, like you said, we're, we're, attack, we're getting our word out to the other people. So hopefully Absolutely. change someone out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, um, have yourself a great day, and I'm sure I will see you at the – festivals the fruit festivals yes heck yeah yeah next if, first one uh canada 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 vegan fest yeah yeah canada Please. vegan fest now not fruit festival i guess but yeah <laughs> there'll be a lot of fruit there still but yeah yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to know what it's going to be like <laughs> I think he said, I think Ted said one of the only things that's not going to be raw might be popcorn. Oh, really? Popcorn? That's, that, he's just playing with the idea, but for right now, it's going to be a completely raw vegan festival. Yeah, for sure. Aside from that, I'm not sure if he's going to do it or not, but he was talking about it. Okay, <laughs> so. cool, cool.
Right on. All right. Well, have yourself an awesome day, and we will see each other this summer. Yes, we will. Awesome. See you later. All right. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes each week. And if you enjoyed it, please leave a review as it will help spread the message. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any more episodes. Until next time, have a wonderful day.